Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, and we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download that app today. Joining me today, I have Sirius XM's Fight Nation director, Eddie Borsilli. He is also the host of the Yards Per Attempt podcast. Eddie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Heidi, it's always a pleasure to be on with you. It's good to hear your voice. Training camps are opening up soon. Football is in the air. It's a great time of year. Hopefully everybody gets away for the summertime. And then we hit the ground running, but uh, football's on the horizon coming soon. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward most to. I can't lie. It's always football, right? Always the NFL that gets us all going <laughs> up in the morning and ready to you know, jump into our shoes and take off out the door. I'm looking forward right now to the mini camp developments, because first of all, we have about 90-ish players uh, with the Raiders right now, but one of the more notable names that was not uh, reporting to the Raiders' mandatory minicamp as of Tuesday, Josh Jacobs. At this point, I needed to ask us, how concerned are you about Josh Jacobs and where his status lies with the Raiders and that franchise tag tender? Yeah, it's a great question. When it comes to his position, now let's just take the running back position. When it comes to the running back position, look, is Josh Jacobs, if he was signed right now, would he be out there practicing with his teammates? Sure, he'd be getting some reps. He'd be doing his things. He'd be going through practice and all that stuff. But the way Josh runs, the physical nature of the way he runs, is it really the worst thing in the world if he misses some of the contact in the OTA, he knows the system. Obviously, he he excelled in what Josh McDaniels was trying to do. So he was really, really good in the system. So he doesn't have to, to learn anything. It's not anything like that. Obviously, he wants to get used to some of his teammates, some of the new faces, you know, obviously a new quarterback and all those things. He's not even out there himself. But to answer your question, I, I don't think it's the end of the world, even if he misses parts of training camp, because Josh is a, a player that is a professional player. He knows what it takes to get ready for, for the sport. So him missing this part of, you know, the Raiders offseason schedule is really not the worst thing to me. I will be worried, Heidi, when we get to September 1st and he's not signed. So that means he missed the entire training camp over his dispute. The running back position right now when it comes to contracts is really convoluted. There's a lot of, you know, teams that are not willing to give running backs long-term deals. But, you know, Josh is a player coming off a career year. He bet on himself, didn't get the fifth-year option, and look look how it turned out. So I will be worried, to answer your question, if September 1st comes and he is not um, in the building. At that point, you have to kind of worry that he's in, in jeopardy of missing week one. But even if he misses this time, even if he misses some of training camp, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to give those legs and that body a little bit extra rest heading into the season. You think about the number change that he had, right? I don't think you would pay all of that money to change your number on a Jersey and then just hold out. Right. Because it (laughs) costs some money to do that. Yes, it does cost money. And maybe he's thinking about, uh, I I think he's smart enough, you know, Josh, for people that listen to this podcast, if they don't know, Josh's story is really unique, you know, living out of his car and, and having struggles early on. And, you know, if anyone deserved the payday, it's definitely Josh. But yeah, to your point, I mean, he's not going to change over that number and risk, you know, sell, not sell. They have to sell out 
the entirety of the number 28 jerseys um, before they can uh, do anything. So Josh is looking at a pretty hefty number there to sell out a lot of those 28s. So yeah, it's pretty funny that he decided to do that. And that's why, I mean, look, he has to do what's best for him. He has to do what's best for his family. I think he, you know, he's not going to sign a contract that he doesn't think he's worth. So hopefully in the coming months here, contracts, you know, at stalemates, you know, sometimes I remember a couple of years ago, we were down in Buffalo and, and we were there at the day Josh Allen signed his, his mega yep. deal. Sometimes right before training camp, right before we get going again, you know, the GM and the agents sit down and say, you know what, this, this is a very important player to this football team. We need to have him out here again. And I think the Raiders are in a position where they're not going to go crazy and give out five and six year deals throwing his back. But I, I think Josh has proved himself and deserves a longer term deal. So yeah, I think he, he had that in the back of his mind. Hopefully not having to, you know, pay for all those twenty-eight jerseys. Hopefully with a nice little signing bonus for a future contract. Yeah, that's some. That's a big chunk of change to get into. So we'll see what happens here with Josh Jacobs as mandatory minicamp plugs along, and then you also have, like you mentioned, training camp coming up. This team right now, there's a comfortability level. I feel like in looking at some of the players that were already on the team last year that have carried over into the system this year. When you think about just uh, how intricate the system is with Josh McDaniels, even with Patrick Graham in the defense and seeing now how much this team is starting to kind of gel and look like they have this level of comfortability with those systems, offense and defense for you is just, you know, taking your hat off as a, a pro and being a, just a fan. Like, do you see how this could possibly help this team to collect some more wins in the 2023 season? Yeah, I think so. Let's take the defense for um, for a second here. And anytime this, uh, as Raider fans and people that follow the team, we've seen so much turnover when it comes to coaches and GMs and players and, and things of that nature. Um, so whenever a new coach, new GM comes in, you know, you have to kind of find your guys, right? And your draft picks and all that kind of stuff. And I think we heard rumblings last year from Patrick Graham and the defensive side that maybe some of the players weren't fits uh, for what he was trying to accomplish. His defensive scheme is very, um, you know, you have to use your head a lot. There's a lot of thinking that that goes along with it. That's why Deron Harmon was such an important player for this football team because he knows the system and he was able to come in and kind of be that leader out there for people. So I think on the defensive side of the ball, it's really important. You have a lot of people coming back on this defensive side. You obviously have Max Crosby and Chandler coming back, guys like Jerry Tillery, Bilal Nichols, um, and then the linebacking core. You got new faces like Robert Splain, but he comes over from Pittsburgh with a ton of tackles and a ton of production and a guy that is a, a heady football player. But just take a guy like uh, Divine Diablo, who it came out this week that he's going to be wearing the green dot as that middle linebacker for the Raider defense. There were times last year, Heidi, that Divine was you know, really out of place and he wasn't in the right gaps he was supposed to be into and kind of look lost out there. Remember, we're talking about a safety now that's coming over and playing the linebacker position. So I think guys like that, um, him and a guy like Trayvon Merrick that I continually talk about wherever I uh, talk about Raider football is guys that are young football players that need to take that next step. If the Raiders are going to be good on the defensive side of the ball, Divine Diablo doesn't need to be Mike Singletary, but he needs to be a guy that could be counted on to make the tackles when they're there, what Denzel Perryman has done for this football team. So I think, yeah, I think the comfortability level, a lot of people returning, you get some new, that's why it's so exciting, Heidi, too, with the, with the draft class, too. You get the, the infusion of really good young talent on top of guys coming in that are comfortable. And to flip it over to the offense, just look at the offensive line. I know everybody from the outside wants to say, oh my God, the Raiders' offensive line isn't great. They don't have a right tackle. I disagree. I, I really do. I think the Raider line is solid. I think what they did last year in the running game, we talked about Josh Jacobs 
you know, having a career year, opening holes for him. Yeah, is there a lot to be left to desire uh, when, when it comes to pass protection? Sure. But a guy like Jermaine Illuminar really, you know, got in there and was solid at the right tackle spot. So having that continuity, I know Andre James came out this week and said having all those guys back is really helpful. So I think it's important. I think it's important for guys in year two and year three to come back and say, hey, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know where I'm supposed to be. Uh, and on top of that, if you get guys that are younger veterans that could really take that next step to be, good to great players, then you're really kind of cooking with with gas coming into the season. And we will hear from Andre James in a bit here. I'm going to play a little bit of the sound from Tuesday's availabilities just to give people an idea of where the offensive line mindset is in going into training camp and all. But Eddie, a couple names there that you touched on that I want to go back and discuss since I've seen them here in the offseason programs. The first one, Chandler Jones. When you see Chandler Jones right now looking as, I'm going to call it svelte, (laughs) he's looking very spelt right now um when you see how much work he's put in in the offseason after suffering that injury how promising is it to you to see first of all the condition that he's in and secondly to know that he's just looking at how to be a better version of himself yeah it's smarter as as someone that uh, is a a little bit older and longer in the tooth myself (laughs) when you get a little bit older and your body starts to take twists and turns, you got to kind of adapt to see uh, what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses. Chandler is no doubt one of the best pass rushers we've probably seen in the NFL over the past 10 years. And he definitely had his struggles last year coming in early on. I know he flashed towards the end of the year uh, with a couple big games, which he has a tendency to do. But there were times last year that Chandler was trying his bull rush and it just wasn't working and the power wasn't there. So maybe in his mind, he's like, okay, well, if the power is not there, it's not what it used to be. I'm going to get around the edge, you know, quicker and I'm going to be a little more leaner and, and try to go about it like that. I think ultimately with the addition of Tyree Wilson along this line, I mean, the best part towards the middle of the season would have Max Crosby, Tyree and Chandler Jones on the field all the time. I think at this point, I don't think Chandler is a three down player and that's not a knock on him. I don't think that's something to said. I think he comes in on second and long on third and long on plays like that, where it really can give the Raiders an edge to have a player like Chandler Jones that is, you know, fresh coming in maybe in the third quarter, not getting all those reps on the field. He comes in for, you know, whatever it is, 15 to 18 reps, but those reps are meaningful and he gets to the quarterback and he's making a difference. And maybe that turns into something else. He's a smart football player. So you want him around Tyree Wilson. So I think it's, it's smart on him to to train his body a little bit and say, Hey, what am I doing wrong? You know, time is undefeated. What, what, what's going on here? So if something's not working, let's try something new. Then he's a savvy enough that. So I, I really think he could have uh, a big impact on some of the younger players on the rated defensive line, but also on the field, you know, having a guy like that coming off the edge, if he could be consistent uh, on those long passing downs on second and third down could be really beneficial for the Raiders in 2023. As it turns out, I have a lot of defensive questions for you. The second one being about Divine Diablo. Now wearing the green dot, Denzel Perryman had that role last year. When you think about some of the things that you mentioned about Divine Diablo, how much um, he needs to take a big step and improve upon some of the things that we saw last year. What are your thoughts on him wearing that green dot and essentially being the quarterback of the defense? Yeah, and he made that comment too, Eddie. I'm sure you'll get into it at some point that you know he was a quarterback at one point, so having that control is really exciting to him. Uh, 
I will say this a million times over having, I think we got spoiled a little bit over the past couple of years with a guy like Denzel Perriman. Cause before that, the Raiders linebacking core was, you know, kind of an abyss and, and just a place where players went and came and there was no real difference maker. And having a guy like Denzel Perryman going um, sideline to sideline, making tackles really kind of opened the eyes for me and for some other Raider fans to say, you know, this is kind of what we've been lacking uh, on the, on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think divine Diablo needs to do that. I don't think he's that type of player, but what he is, is he, like I said, he's a former safety. So he's got the, those coverage skills. Do I want divine Diablo, you know, covering Travis Kelsey one-on-one? No, I don't want, I don't want that. I don't think anybody wants that challenge, but being a leader in that defense, making sure some of the younger players are, are where they're supposed to be. That's really what the green dots all about. Hey, you're supposed to be here. I got this. You got that in the back end. Let's all play. That's half the battle on defense, Heidi. It really is being in the right spot, having a chance to make a tackle. We've all seen Raider defense in time be totally out of place, giving up big plays, but it doesn't need to be like I mentioned before. It doesn't need to come in here and be Michael, Mike Singletary or Ray Lewis and be one of those guys, but being a, st- a steady force on that side of defense, and two, I just think the added value of him having that experience in the secondary could help the Raiders when it comes to backs out of the backfield or, you know, the things that our teams are doing, those jet sweeps and things like that. So I'm excited to see where he is. You know, like I said, he had some struggles last year and admittedly so. So I'm excited to see what comes uh, from this year and then what he could do with the green down his helmet. All right, right here. Let's actually hear from Divine Diablo talking about some of those things that you mentioned, being a quarterback in high school and whatnot as we head to a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Andre James on the offensive line, and we'll get back into this interview with Eddie Borsilli from Yards Per Attempt and the Sirius XM Fight Nation director. Honestly, I think all the guys in the room are hungry and ready to work. Um, but like you said, Luke, Spill, um, Curtis, Darian, Kanai, all of them, Bernie, new guy, rookies. They're all coming to play. We all play with each other. There's no like one position. I play with five different linebackers today, so we all just coming to work. My coach said that you're wearing the green dot, so I'm curious how you feel about your progression in that role as well. Um, a lot more confident than I was last year. Last year, you know, I, I was you know new kid on the block. I was nervous. It's my first uh, year in the system, so now I'm more comfortable. Um, I've been doing it for a while now, so yeah, I'm ready. Speaking of rookies, um, what have you seen from Adam Plant Jr.? Um, I've been so focused uh, on this linebacker room, I'm going to be honest, I am not sure. I mean, that, is it kind of like a badge of honor or something you thought about over the years that we're doing or not really? Is that something you... Um, honestly, it, it makes myself proud because uh, when I was younger, I played quarterback. So now being a green guy, it's like quarterback of the defense. So it uh, puts a smile on my face. Did you ever have that at Virginia Tech? The, the green dot or any, like, Actually, no, I didn't. Um, well, we looked towards the sideline majority of the time, but the linebacker at Virginia Tech was calling the majority of the plays. When you said you know you're still kind of figuring it out, is that something you want to go into training camp at the weight? Is that what OTAs and minicamps for to kind of figure out? What- yes, sir. That is the plan. Um, I'm out here at 234 right now. I want to see where I'm comfortable. As I want to be able to run as long as I can. I also want to be able to take on these linemen. So yeah. What are the things that you did from a mental standpoint kind of throughout the offseason, throughout rehabbing, that kind of prepared you going into OTAs in the season? Uh, on the field-wise, I just studied all the great linebackers out there. Fred Warner, DP, Nizel Perryman, that was here last year. Um, Leonard from the Colts, just a lot of guys. Um, studied them on the field. Off the field, I just focused on recovery. I didn't do a great job of that. Um, I've had a few injuries, and I really focused on not being hurt anymore. Vegas. 
Get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Uh, Jimmy hasn't been able to get out on the field, but saw some videos of you guys uh, hanging out, and uh, it seems like uh, that's that's a big part of what you guys are trying to do, get to know each other. How's that process uh, gone, getting to know Jimmy? You know, Jimmy's a great guy. You know, uh, we went and... Uh we went and uh, watched the Knights win uh, the first game here, and uh, it, it was pretty fun. Just uh, you know, have some uh, some fun with uh, just the offensive line. A lot of guys, you know, came out and uh, good good win, good win for the Knights. But uh, it was even better just being around the guys, building that chemistry, being around uh, Jimmy, you know, outside of the facility. So we we're super excited to have him and get to play with him. It's a unique relationship, quarterback and center. Um, yeah, how is that? Not being able to get on the field, obviously, but being able to develop some some sort of a relationship so that when you hit the field together, it'll be seamless. Yeah, no doubt. I think, me personally, I think that relationship you have outside of the building, outside of the football field, is just as important, especially from center to quarterback, center to offensive line. That that chemistry, you know, that trust, you you build that outside of the field outside of the facility more than just as much as you do on that field so to so to go out there and have fun with him you know spend some time with him get to know him better and it, it was awesome it was, it was a great time Any surprises about his personality at all that you, knew you know everything you know everything that that i heard when he signed was was positive and that, that was a good sign so everyone that i heard from him was like he's a great guy he's a great leader i've seen nothing nothing less Today, Coach McDaniels was talking about the offensive line. He said improvement doesn't always necessarily mean acquisition. So, how much confidence that do you have in you know the coaching staff and the team that they were able to kind of keep the offensive line the same and bring back a lot of guys and move forward with that? You know, it, it gives us a lot of confidence. You know, uh, a lot of places. I mean, I've been around. It's we've never kept this many guys around, so it, it gives us a lot of confidence. It's, it's excited because you're familiar with the guys you're working next to, and that's super important next to offense line. Being able to gel and be able to work with guys you're, you know, you're familiar working with, being able to communicate with. So it's awesome. You mentioned the, the continuity you guys have on the line this year. Does that kind of help you guys come in on a different level this year? You come in kind of maybe more confident, more like excited about the possibilities. Yeah, I think anytime you're coming in to your second year, being in uh, returning into a system you weren't familiar with that first year, there's definitely there's definitely a bigger step to take. There's definitely a, a familiar a familiarity. Sorry, there's, there's definitely a, a familiar uh, sense in in what you what you can do. Uh, moving forward. So it's nice uh, not just learning the place for the first time, but being able to return, having some memory. Andre, you guys are pretty dominant in the run game all season last year, but the past pro kind of had some, some ups and downs at times. How have you guys worked this off season to kind of take, take things to another level and become a more complete unit overall? Yeah, I think that just goes into one of our sayings around here is just stay inside out and and understanding, you know, where your help is and uh, understanding the the protection itself, and uh, we've we've taken a lot of that into uh, this mini camp, into OTAs, and as a whole, and just you know understanding that more, and just continuing to grow on what we've, what we've built.
Back here on the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, with my good friend here, Eddie Borsilli. We're talking a lot about defense, and there's one more thing I want to get into here that you mentioned before the break. We were talking about alphas. And so when I think about the Raiders' defense, I think part of what a lot of people think it's been lacking is an alpha. But is Max Crosby that alpha or did they draft an alpha in Tyree Wilson? What have you thought about that alpha presence on the Raiders? Just whether it's defense, offense, whatnot. I'm going with defense because I feel like we were that's what we were discussing. How much do you think that the Raiders either A, have an alpha or B, need an alpha? I think they... I think a little bit of both. I think Max Crosby is that alpha. You have to define, you know, there's a ton of different definitions of what alpha could really mean, right? On your thing. To me, an alpha is a guy that the players look up to, the players can come to in those big moments, but also it's a guy that when you need a play is going to make a play. You know, when you need a big sack, he's going to make that sack. You need a a strip, he's going to strip somebody. Like Max is that guy and more. He's turned into such a terrific football player. Again, we all know his story on and off the field and what he's become as a man and now a father. But Max is that. Max is one of the premier pass rushers in the National Football League. And not only that, he's really, really good in so many areas. He's good against the run. He's good against, you know, the pass. He's good when when he's flanked out, um, you know, in the flats and things like that. So I think they have that already, Heidi. I really do. I think Max is that type of player that, you know, when it's third down versus the Chargers late in the year and you need to stop, Max is going to get to the quarterback and seal the game. That's that is an alpha to me. That's what the, the Raiders have been lacking. They had that in Cleo Mack and a couple of the players. And I think Tyree Wilson can be that player. There are a lot of similarities between him and Max body wise, arm wise, length wise. He is definitely raw. There's definitely some talent there, but I think underneath a player like Max Crosby, underneath a player like Chandler Jones, Tyree Wilson can do that. The Raiders are still definitely lacking that alpha in the, in the linebacking core in the secondary. You know, uh, there was, I'll keep on mentioning his name, Trayvon Merrick was a guy that we thought could be that type of player. And maybe Nate Hobbs turns into that type of player for them. But I think the Raiders have that alpha. They need definitely some more um, pieces. They, they need one more. And I think they hoped that Chandler Jones was going to be that player, but a little bit too long in the tooth. So I think Tyree Wilson has all those traits and I'm really excited to see them on the field together this year. Some of the things that you mentioned too, when you were discussing the safeties in the secondary, Deron Harmon, his presence with uh, those young players and helping them come up. Well, this year, I feel like the wide receiver group and, and some of the other positions that have been, uh, developing now have a lot of Patriot players on them, particularly you look at Jacoby Myers coming in, you look at um, Philip Dorsett, who's had experience with coach McDaniels come in. How imperative is it that the offense also has these players now that they can kind of look to or ask questions and say, Hey, I'm, I'm not really quite understanding my assignment here. Where do I need to be? When you look at some of the names that are now on this roster that were former Patriots, there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot. It's growing. Yeah. Um, how much do you feel like that can help bring the offense along as well? Though they weren't necessarily struggling, but just in case it, it can bolster what they're learning from this uh offense and the scheming yeah there's a lot to take away from from the wide receiver group let's put Devonte out of the question right now because he's the best receiver in football he doesn't need to learn any systems or do anything like that he's going to get his numbers he's going to get his targets we don't need Agreed. to worry about, no, <laughs> we don't need to worry about a guy like Devonte. but after that it's it's a really i don't want to say the word jumbled but it's a really um interesting picture to look at because obviously they paid jacoby myers i 
you could have told me before free agency started, they would not target any wide receivers and they ended up getting a couple, which was, was, which was pretty crazy to me. Obviously there's something going on with Hunter Renfro. I don't know if it's going to be a trade. I don't know if he was just in the doghouse. He was obviously hurt last year, but we all know what Hunter Renfro can do, but it all comes back to, you know, the quarterback to me, the quarterback now, you know, we're sitting here on, on July, you know, middle, early July, Jimmy Garoppolo is hopefully the quarterback for this football team. So having him as the quarterback is going to help any receiver in this receiving core, but also too, you know, having a guy like Jacoby that's played in the system. I think a guy like Jacoby is the ultimate compliment to Devontae Adams. He's not a guy that's going to stretch the field. He's, but he's a guy that's going to get open. He's in a guy like Hunter Renfro on third down. that You can count on. He's a big body. I know a couple of years ago, he had some struggles in the red zone, whereas the, the running joke that he never gets, you know, catches 75 passes, but never gets in the end zone. Um, but I think Jacoby Myers is a professional wide receiver and, and will show a lot of the young guys uh, what it is. And to me, you know, after that, that's really the questions. The guy that really excites me, Heidi, is DeAndre Carter. We've watched DeAndre Carter with the Chargers over the past couple of years make big catches versus the Raiders. This is a guy that put up good stats, almost 60 catches last year. This is a, another really good receiver. And if you're stacking them with Devontae and Jacoby and Hunter Carter is your fourth is really good. And you obviously drafted Trey Tucker pretty high, you know, so that's a guy yeah. that you, you want to stretch the field and, you know, don't forget about, they got Cam Sims, they got Dorsett, they got Cam yeah. this is a huge group of wide receivers that I, I think not so much in the OTAs, the OTAs are going to be what they are, but when training camp comes, this is going to be one of the most competitive groups that we see out there and see guys that are going to flash because there's not enough footballs to go around to satisfy everybody's needs. So I'm really interested to see how it is. I think a lot of those players, like you talked about, Jacoby Myers is going to help some of the younger players like Trey Turn, uh, Trey Tucker and guys like that get used to the system. But again, Heidi, as it always does, it comes back to the quarterback and who's under center. And hopefully it's Jimmy G and he puts that familiarity with everybody and they all get on the same page. But a lot, a lot of time to decide for that, but that's a big if going into the season. Hopefully it's something that gets cleared up sooner rather than later. All right. We got about like roughly two months here before training camp starts, right? Uh, if Jimmy G at this point is not walking in, strolling in, jogging in to training camp, where golf where will you golf be? Carting in. Yeah. Yeah. If he's golf carting it with the walking boot, I mean, where I mean, that's that's not really funny, but um, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. But when you think about you know, what could be with this quarterback room? Is there major concern if Jimmy G is not able to throw the football at this point? I think so. I think you have to have major concern because he's the guy that you put all your, your eggs in that basket. It's not like, um, you know, you draft, you know, signed Jimmy Garoppolo and then drafted, you know, Bryce Young and, and you got that guy to fall back on. And that's no knock on Aiden O'Connell. I'm excited to see what Aiden O'Connell can do uh, as a professional. I think he's great inside the pocket. He needs a clean pocket. He needs space to throw, but when he does, he gets those opportunities. So, as I sit here again, I'm excited. It would be pretty, pretty depleting if Jimmy G is not out there. I'm excited to see in these mini camps and these OTAs what Aiden O'Connell, Heidi, is going to get a ton of reps. He's going to get a lot of reps out there with some of the better players in the Raiders. So that's exciting to see, and maybe they develop a chemistry. I brought up this scenario a couple weeks ago. 
you know, think back Raider fans to Matt Schaub and Derek Carr, you know, Matt Schaub was brought in here and he was the veteran. They're like, okay, it's going to be Matt Schaub's team. And, you know, Derek Carr played really well in the preseason and the rest is history. And I'm not saying Aiden O'Connell is Derek Carr. I know he's wearing number four, which is super weird. And I wish he picked it. It's very weird. (laughs) I think worst case scenario. And I love him as a man, as a player, we've had him on NFL radio a bunch. I've, I've hung out with him in person. Brian Hoyer is a great guy, but if Brian Hoyer is out there, um, in regular season games, the Raiders have a real issue. The only other thing I'll say, and this might be a little controversial, but if Aiden O'Connell struggles and you're not comfortable with Hoyer and Garoppolo can't do, you go out there and sign a Carson Wentz. I mean, I know it's he's had his struggles. I know he looks bad, really, really bad at times, but he's done it in the NFL. He'd have a good supporting cast here. So there's a lot of those questions. I don't think it's ever going to get to that um, with a guy like Carson Wentz, but that option's out there. And if the rookie, you know, struggles a little bit and you're not comfortable with Hoyer and Garoppolo's thing, Carson Wentz would probably be the best case scenario to see if you could bridge that time to see when Jimmy G gets back. For sure. And I think that when you start just looking at the offense, looking at how much it can build upon what happened last year, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, Derek Carr was the quarterback then, and that was a whole um, different type, I think, of preparation that went into things with Derek Carr behind the helm. And I feel like now, um, once they get Jimmy Garoppolo working into the system, it should be smooth. Like he said, shouldn't be too not. I mean, it should be pretty seamless with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back in being that he already knew this offense way back. And he said, it should just be like going from Spanish to French after being in, uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense for a while. So, We'll see how easy that transition is. But do, do you think it should be pretty seamless like we're all thinking? Or do you think that Jimmy's going to really need to get up to speed? And I'm sure he's already in some of the meetings. We've seen it on uh, some of the socials that he's been sitting in with the alums and all. So do you feel like right now it's fine that he's just getting his mental straight and looking into the books and reading and, and getting back on the page of, of French, <laughs> if you will? Yeah. Listen, Jimmy, hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs and throw it to Vontae. There you go. There's my uh, my pep no. <laughs> but look, seems I, pretty simple. Seems pretty pretty, pretty simple. I yeah. <laughs> I think we could all I think we could all do stuff like that. No, like you said, he'll be in, in all the meetings. There's not the terminology is is something that he's familiar with. It's not like he's gonna be coming in. Once he gets it down, he gets it down. And then it's all about getting out there with Jimmy G. It's never been about the play so much as it's been about the injury stuff. So getting over being confident on your foot, you know, being able to cut, being able to plant on your five and seven step drops and things like that. So I think once he gets past those things and, you know, just seeing what he has out there, look, it's, if he misses the entire training camp and steps to the week one, is it going to be, is it going to be rust? Of course, you're not on the same page with receivers. You, you know, you haven't thrown to them really things like that. So there's definitely going to be that rust factor, but when it comes to the system and terminology, I have no you know, Jimmy's a smart guy. He's, he's intelligent and all the right aspects you need to. So he'll be able to pick up what Josh is trying to do. And I think that's part of the reason why you see a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. Now the Raiders, because he knows where the ball should go at all times. Okay. On this play, you know, it's a shallow cross to Jacoby and Devante's over the top. He knows those things. So you know, I think there'll be a little bit of uh, rust when it comes to it, but I don't, I don't foresee so much as a, a learning curve with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a pro he's been around it. So it's, it's, it'll be pretty fun to see, you know, knock on wood that he's uh, out there early in September. 
All right, Eddie, here's my last fun question. The Golden Knights ha- are in the Stanley Cup right now. Uh, right as we speak, they are up two to nothing in the series uh, against the Panthers. I'm actually heading to Florida today. So as we start to think about just how some of these championship teams have been around this city as of late with the Aces having won the WNBA trophy last year with uh, obviously the Golden Knights in the cup. Do you feel like that helps and inspires this team to say, hey, we need to do something for this city as well? I think it's a very good question that you ask. And it's very, um, I think a lot of players would tell you no. They'd be like, oh, that doesn't matter. But there definitely is some competitive rivalry. If you have a team like the Golden Knights that's that's winning Stanley Cups and is consistently good in their sport, playing in the same city, you know, it really, you know, we haven't seen that for a long time. Oakland baseball was down. Obviously the Billy Bean years, they were there, but the Raiders were good mostly at the same time. So you, you definitely, they'll, uh, most athletes would tell you, no, that doesn't matter, but you're the, the Golden Knights and the Aces teams like that. They're setting a standard. You know, I don't think the Raiders and the Raider players and the Raider organization, maybe they're not thinking about it on the surface, but it's definitely in the back of their mind to say, Hey, this team is, you know, has two championships and we could barely make the playoffs. Like we need to kind of catch up. So I think it's, it's, it's competitive. It's, it's, it gives the, the team some competitive juices. I, if I was a part of the team, I'd have some of the players come in, bring the Stanley, you know, if the Golden Knights do win it, bring the Stanley Cup in, let the players touch it. Hey guys, this is what success is. This is what we do. This is what Vegas is. And really trying to change, you know, what, not even change. It's a newer thing for everybody, but try to bring that winning culture to Vegas. I think it can only help, even if players from the outside might say, and it doesn't really matter. It does. Players want to, players want to win. Players want to be around winners. And if a team in a couple teams in your city is doing, are, are doing it and you're not, you know, it's a really kind of some motivation to say, let's go, let's try to get up to that level. And Jimmy G was actually out there helping out, uh, bringing some of the players along with the offensive line. He was at one of the games uh, here in Vegas for the Golden Knights and kind of enjoying the atmosphere. So we have seen Jimmy. We had a sighting. All right, listen, he's not a bad he's not a bad man to look at, Heidi. So <laughs> him all he wants, let him get his face out there in Vegas as long as he keeps it, uh, you know, PC. But no, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's had success himself. He knows it very well. You know, he's one post throw. You know, it's crazy to think, Heidi. He's one post, you know, throw away to Manuel Sanders. I was standing in the sideline in the end zone, looking at Emmanuel Sanders running at me, and the throw was a little bit off target. If Jimmy G hits that throw. He's a Super Bowl champion. He might not be the quarterback of the Raiders to this day. So there's a lot of factors that go in, but Jimmy G is no stranger to winning. All right, Eddie. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. I always have a good time when you join me. Eddie Borsilli, again, the director of Sirius XM's Fight Nation and, of course, on the Yards Per Attempt podcast. Check that out wherever you find your podcast, as well as this one and all that we're doing on VegasNation.com here as mandatory minicamp continues in Henderson. We will have you covered on all things Raiders and check out all of our podcasts that we have wherever you listen. Make sure to hit subscribe. Eddie, thank you so much for all of your time today. I really appreciate you. Heidi, it's always a pleasure. Keep up the good work. I'll be listening and uh, enjoy that Florida weather. It's a lot less hot than, than Vegas, I'll tell you that. I know, right? Well, but they do have humidity. I don't know if I'm used to that. I might faint. But hydrate, that's right. Keep up on those electrolytes. All right, for Eddie Borsilli, I'm Heidi Fang. Check us out on Twitter at Borsilli, and I am at Heidi Fang on Twitter. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening.
Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up.